All right, everybody. Capture the Conversation with Kevin Gilchrist is back. Welcome to Season 2. And I'm calling it Season 2 because there was a bit of a hiatus. Uh, I haven't done an episode in about three months. And uh, the reason being is that towards the end of last year, uh, I noticed that when I was in, uh, you know, I was trying to reach out to guests for December uh, and leading into 2019, um, and even throughout the year, you know, when I was when I was trying to invite more people and just get a schedule lined up, I started inviting uh, guests just for the sake of it, just to try to put out content to make it consistent. Um, and consistency when it comes to podcasts is essential. Uh, I mean, if you listen to Joe Rogan at all, the Joe Rogan experience, he was talking about how you have to put content out consistently. Uh, otherwise, people are going to lose interest because they won't. I mean, they're going to see that you're not really producing a lot of episodes. And that's that's completely true. Uh, and you have to be passionate about it, which is also completely true. And I am passionate about it. But I started to lose the passion because I was asking people just just for the sake of it. And it was losing um, to me. Um, the true essence of where I, you know, why I started the the show. Now, none of the guests that I have had on, um, were were guests were those guests. These are these are future people that I was that I was asking, uh, and I just I don't know. I kind of, I just like I said, I lost interest in it, and that's why I ended up not really doing it um, for a few months. And I decided to just really think about if I wanted to continue with this platform or start something new. Um, but I really love, I really love this platform. I really love the, the, um, the idea of the show, uh, and what it brings to, what it brings to a listener, what it brings to me. I mean, really, cause like I say in this episode, selfishly, I brought these guys on because they're, uh, it's almost like a, it was a, uh, brainstorming session, um, from a, um, from an inspiration, uh, standpoint, having two powerhouses in, in the Chicago real estate business and just on two, two brilliant entrepreneurs in front of me talking to me. Um, but like I, like I say in the description, you know, I, I, when I, when I bump into somebody and this, this is why I started the show is because I was having great conversations with people, um, that were, that were helping me in my life or were helping me in my career. And I thought, man, you know, I want to start a podcast. And I think that, I think that if I take those conversations and get them on a uh, on a recording, that it will also inspire other people out there. Um, so I'm really trying to think hard about making sure that I, I stick to that. And and this episode is why I mean I'm so excited for this one because uh, my guests Tommy Choi and Josh Weinberg of Weinberg Choi Residential. Um, I mean, it did just that. You know, last year when I started full time in real estate uh, at Keller Williams Chicago Lincoln Park, which is the market center that I partner with, um, I you know was nervous because you know I was excited, but I was nervous because it takes time to build a database. You know, when you're when you're going off on your own, and it's not just real estate. And by the way, guys, we do highlight that, uh, but I did want to make sure that I do touch on this right now that. Um, this is not a real estate podcast. It just so happens that there's a lot of inspirational people at my office who are real estate agents, obviously, because that's what I do. Um, and so I have a lot of I have a lot of real estate agents or people in real estate that come on just because when you go off and you do something entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, um, you know, when you go off and you try to ju- just do your own thing, uh, it is an inspiring story. And, and these people who have been doing it for a long time, it's fun hearing, you know, where they started. Uh, and 
Tommy, you know, I, I, I bumped into Tommy when I was at the office and I was just like, I almost was in like a nervous sweat. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, how did you, how did you make this thing work? I feel like I'm not the only one who is like close to broke and trying to make this happen. And he's like, dude, no way. And that's where this all started. Um, and I, I knew that I wanted, cause that conversation stuck with me and I knew that I wanted to bring them on. Um, to discuss that. Let me give you a little background on, on my guests. So Weinberg Choi uh, Residential is one of the top real estate teams in Chicago. I mean, these guys are, like I said, they're powerhouses. And uh, they're not only one of the top teams in the Chicago, but they're also co-founders along with some other people of the market center that I just spoke about, Keller Williams, Chicago Lincoln Park. Um, and it's just, you know, it just, it just it's it's so great that they took the time to to sit down for about an hour uh, to talk to me uh, and like I said not a real estate podcast we do talk about uh, we come from the angle of discussing real estate and and why they got into it uh, but I, I I'm very very confident that uh, you will find that this content uh, transcends the real estate industry I mean anyone who is is looking to switch up their life or isn't passionate about what they're doing right now, uh, this episode really is for you. So I hope that you enjoy Tommy Choi and Josh Weinberg, episode number 34, the first episode of season two of Capture the Conversation with Kevin Gilchrist. Enjoy. All right, guys. Well, thanks for doing this. Like I said, I've been wanting to I've been wanting to get you guys on the show for a while. We talked about this last year when I was coming up with different ideas and different guests to have on. Um, and like I had said before offline, I think this is really going to capture the true spirit of this show, of capturing the conversation. Uh, one of the benefits, I think, of being at this office, just to give you know Keller Williams, Chicago, Lincoln Park a little bit of a plug, is that you do run into people who have been in the business for a long time, who are rock stars in Chicago. I mean, not even just Chicago, flying all over the place. Um, and when I started, uh, that was especially really beneficial because I was freaking out over the fact that I only had a little bit of savings. Uh, I had a cushy job at AT&T, and uh, I just was, I was going nuts. And that's when I bumped into you, Tommy, and just someone had said, just go talk to Tommy. He's always got some sort of good, like, fact or something to give you. And that's when we just went off and you were telling me about your guy's story, how you both started. Um, I just really wanted to start from there because uh, you had told me that you were having having night sweats when, yeah. you, when you started because you, you were just getting engaged and you guys were about to start your personal lives as for well sure. as embark on this sure. professional journey. So, Well, thanks for having us on here. Yeah, of course. I love that. This this So is this episode going to be called like self-titled? Capture the conversation, like, like Weezer's Blue Album. Yeah, there's no name to it because this encapsulates the. What I end up, what I end up doing, what I end up really doing actually is I will uh, find like a little quote um, usually from the episode that I really liked. Like if you guys end up making a point that I just like freak out over, that might be the episode name. It could always be Weinberg Choi. It could always be Tommy and Josh. Josh and Tom. I don't know. I'll, I'll figure it out oh. tonight when I'm when I'm editing the thing. I like Blue Album. <laughs> the thing with a podcast, though, is each episode is not its own album. You know, sure. unless I did seasons of this, you could really do anything. It's an internet show. You know, each one's like its own track on the album. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah so maybe because I haven't done this, I did a recording I think in November, and that was my last one. And something happened with the audio, and I just haven't done one since. So I was almost going to call this season two, just because there's been such a a lull in Each between. Yeah. yeah, you could call it Return from the Hiatus. That's true too. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I'm figuring it out. I like it. I'm figuring like it out. Um, but yeah. yeah, so I just, I, I really was blown away by that story. I remembered it. I got a book that you had recommended. So yeah. 
So ultimately, here's the thing. The start of all this was really both Josh and I um, having a, you know, I guess a nine to five, you know, corporate job. Josh was in real estate working for a developer. Mm -hmm. um, so he, he was in, while he was in industry, he was definitely in more of a um, defined box, sort of say. I think that's where he, his frustrations were to, to be more creative, to put together deals, to ultimately help these people buy homes. And then my frustration was just, I had no passion in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. What I was doing, I was burnt out. Right. right. Uh, the money was great, but the happiness wasn't there. And so um, with that, those struggles, you know, it's just business world, startup life, right? The timing of everything for us being that, you know, we were living together at the time in my condo. So he was renting my second bedroom. So having all these fixed costs, knowing that on top of that, both Josh and I decided to get engaged that same year. Yeah. We started a business, which was also, that's where the night sweats came in, where legitimately our first year in 20, 2007, we both made roughly twenty five to $28,000, okay? Yep. And we're coming from six-figure incomes prior. And That's so, what I made. That's exactly what I made last year. And I, I made $100,000 less than I made yeah, the year before. Right. And it's, yeah. it could be scary from that standpoint, you know, but for us, that was a really big motivational piece of it, right? Like I said, you know, there were times where I would wake up in the middle of the night and just be like, man, this poor girl next to me that I just duped into marrying me, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to provide, you know, because I don't even know paying this mortgage is going to be tough. Yeah. However, the driver was remembering we weren't making a shift in our careers and starting a building a business for the money. It was to be able to do in our way yep. and also find that happiness yeah so that's what ultimately drove a lot of it the other piece of it is him and i are very similar in the mindset that nothing is uh, beneath us we are not above anything meaning mm -hmm. this the the idea of failure really didn't scare us right of course we didn't want to fail we wanted to succeed but if we did we knew right hey if we have to work the fryer at mcdonald's just to make ends meet cool yep like we're, there's no shame in that sure if we needed to wait tables all good we'll do it yeah yeah that would suck but you know what ultimately we 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 equated to in basketball right yep. we are not afraid to take a shot at the end of the day because whether we miss it or make it we know if we miss it especially we're gonna hustle and grab that rebound. And all we need is another 24 seconds. Yeah. As long as that shot clock resets, eventually we're gonna score, right? Right. But it's just having that opportunity to run that offense. And so for us, that mindset of, you know, t in today's day and age, if I have to drive an Uber, bartend, work at Starbucks, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. That's just resetting the shot clock That's for exactly me to run it. the offense. That's exactly it. <clears throat> I'm gonna take it one step back okay we've shared this story countless times and i'll and i'll share a little bit more but i'll share one part here that will kind of be exclusive all right that most people don't know okay and i'm going to share drop right here and some people might not even know who i'm about to talk about in this story <laughs> that will make it 
But for one, okay, so Tommy and I, for one, we both come from very entrepreneurial backgrounds, right? Yeah. So we come from very, we're, we, our parents are very supportive of us, and they were extremely supportive of us when we started this business in 2007. Okay, with that said, we went to our parents and said, hey, we're about to start a real estate business, okay? They came, they said to us, you know you're about to start a real estate business and what's about to be the worst real estate market ever? Yeah. They had our backs, they supported us. We looked at it as an opportunity. We were probably a little naive, right? We were at that point 25 and 26 years old. We looked at it as an opportunity though, right? Because we knew that no matter what the market conditions were, first of all, we didn't know any better. Right. Second of all, we knew that no matter what the market conditions were, if we always put our clients' best interest first, really everything else was a result of that. Right. So when Tommy said we didn't start it to make do it for the money, we did it for so many other reasons. The result of doing what you're passionate about and love, the result of that is the money will follow, yeah. right? But I'm gonna take it one step back, okay? So um, in college, I think really where it sparked, which just never really becomes part, it's a huge part of the story for us, but never really shared. So this is about to, where it's about to be exclusive. Is. Okay. So I love memorabilia, sports, music, right? Yeah. Celebrity memorabilia. And yeah. part of it is, is the, the thrill and the hype of getting these people's autographs, right? Or having these certain memories with these people. Yeah. And it ranges from like any musician you could ever imagine to ever to any athlete. It started off when I was younger with a good friend of mine in St. Louis. Our parents like used to drive us to the hotels and events and things where they were at. Turned into a business, right? In college, high school, college. And then I got other people into it. Well, the first time, and, and I, you know, it's funny because we don't really go back and say this is where it started, but it was part of the like hustle of our entrepreneurial spirit was, <clears throat> dude, well, for one, it started before that, dude. I used to, you might know this, but I used to literally, like, we used to collect Beanie Babies when they were hot. You know, I've heard you talk about Beanie Babies before. Or I've seen a post or something about, like, someone going back and forth with you on the TYs. And, and when he says we, it's Josh and someone else. Yeah. Tommy I, mean, I have nothing to do with dude, Beanie Tommy Babies. Tommy wasn't in the Beanie Baby game. Uh, but he probably, probably would have. He'd probably be able to fund a lot more pairs of uh, shoes had he been. Yeah. I, saw, um, I, I think on that post, it was, like, thousands upon thousands of dollars this thing is worth. I forget what kind it was, though. They, like, they were at one yeah, point, yeah. yeah. So anyways, it started, right, with, like, Beanie Babies. Whatever it was, right? Dude, We I remember there was, like, there was, like, dude, whatever the limited edition releases anywhere, right, there was money to be made in, yeah. right, and opportunities. Yeah. So it kind of started with that entrepreneurial hustle. Well, there is one story where we drove to Chicago. We were at Bradley for Britney Spears' concert. Cool. Okay? Yeah. We really didn't come to come for the Britney Spears concert. We came to, like, get her autograph. At the time, and this is going to sound kind of crazy, but it, this, it has nothing to do with the autograph part of it, but I'm going to still share this story. Yeah. So at the time, there was this boy band, O-Town, who was, like, making the band from MTV, right? Yeah. I remember O-Town. Okay, right. cool. Yeah. Liquid Dreams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah. Dude, O-Town was like opening for Britney. Like, I can't even walk you through the story because we'd be here for hours. How we ended up, one, getting into a meet and greet and sound check that, that led to us driving them home from McDonald's back to their hotel after the no show. No way. <laughs> and so, and then like singing to Aaron, my now wife, who at the time was my girlfriend. Like, yeah. Where I had to, when I said to her, hey, we're like hanging out with them. She was like, prove it. And they got on and sang to her. So it didn't, it wasn't about the autograph or it wasn't about like that we didn't meet Britney that night. That was the start of like getting Tommy's entrepreneurial with the memorabilia, even though his entrepreneurial spirit had started much earlier. Sure. That started the fire, that fire, like fueled the fire, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Autographs. I didn't know you guys were chasing those down. We Dude. were we were on an episode of Making the Band. From that Were you really? From that experience we snuck into sound check somehow. No way. At then it was called the Rosemont Horizon. <laughs> now it's called Allstate Arena. Anyway, yeah, that that was actually where it was like like, you know what? I could see myself going into business with this guy one day. Yeah. You know? That's so cool. That is a cool story. Um, so so when you started, okay, so backing up from that, so you guys had said you, you're both coming from these backgrounds. You're getting that, that experience of having to hustle for yourselves and the success. Basically the drug of, of winning mm-hmm. when you're out and doing this. And, and honestly, I feel like the struggle itself. I mean, you see this and it's kind of, but I love hokey stuff, you know. And, uh, and I just saw a post yesterday. I think I shared it that the struggle is the best part. Yeah. Travis Barker was just on Joe Rogan's podcast and he was saying that the struggle when he was sleeping on couches and just drumming, um, that was the best part of it because you're just, there's not the stress of, of, of having that success of like a Blink-182 and having to always like keep it. It's like the, the love of the fact that you just decided that, you know what, fuck it, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do this corporate gig or whatever it is. I can always go back and get one of those jobs. I'm just going to go after it. And I remember that feeling myself when I decided to finally walk out that door um, of AT&T, I, I, I remember distinctly laying in my bed, looking at one poster on my wall and then looking at the other. And I was just smiling yeah. because I just was so happy that I had made the decision. The fear was kind of out. Then the fear started to come back. And right. that's when I ran, ran into you and, 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 and all of that. Um, but it's true. The, the journey is always greater than the destination. Yeah. Right? That, the come up, which is such an important piece of growth. Yeah. That a lot of people... They don't look at it that way and they look at it as it's fight or flight. Mm-hmm. That come up is really when you see all those bumps in the road, right? Yep. There's always going to be turbulence when you're landing a plane. And it's just that most, the majority of people during that come up, as soon as they feel that turbulence, they're already packed their parachute and they're ready to just jump off the plane, sure. right? And so that's that's the big piece and when you get past that Mm -hmm. that's when you start to see everything compound yeah the the key is if you think about right it's knowing that and it's this is really i don't think this is like teachable i think you either are willing to do it or not like or you've gone through it so you realize it we didn't know what we didn't know when we left our we were in a both thankfully we came from a situation when we did leave to start weinberg short realty right we were both had a successful career leading up to it Financially, and there was a lot we learned personally and professionally to be able to now apply. Yeah, we knew when we were starting this, we were taking a, a at the time a giant step back. But looking back, hindsight, it was a mini step back to take a giant leap forward, right? Yeah. But the easy thing, and this is where I don't even think that it's right or wrong that someone feels this way, but a lot of people are so like, what is what's happening to me right now, or when even now, meaning the immediate future. Yeah. If we were very caught up in like okay, we're going from literally making, I made call it almost 10% of what I had made the year before. Mm-hmm. And if I was looking at it short-sighted or just for the money, and hey, I get it, people need to put food on the table. So I'm not trying to say that someone making a certain amount of money is or isn't okay. Yep. But what I'm saying is, is if you're looking at it so short-sighted about what is happening to me right now or this year, you can't live to your potential or meet your potential. And we know that we're nowhere even near our potential now. Yeah. Because we're just scratching the surface, right? But looking back, and knowing that like we've made so many mistakes. Sure. We've made so many mistakes in the last probably two days. Yeah. We're failing forward literally constantly, but we're staying in the learning zone, which is making it so we're not continuing to make those same mistakes. But had we not taken that 
calculated risk at the time, yes, we would have found something that would have fueled our fire, but we wouldn't have been able to do it on the path we took had we been too scared to make it that take that leap that would be a mini back mini back step to take a giant leap forward. Right. Right. Does that make sense? No, it makes it makes complete sense. I mean, a lot of people. A lot of people feel that way, and they only think about the right now. Most people only think about the right now. And that's why a lot of people quit a business like this, or when they try to start their own thing, they don't make it very long, and then they just go back to something that they were doing before. And that's when you hear people say, ah, the market sucks, or you know, real estate's just too tough, like, you know, or you know, the aging life's going away, like you, you can't make it, and it's all just nonsense. It's just basically, you know, they had given up on themselves. Which again, like some people, it's not for them. Like they totally. try it and it doesn't work. Totally. You know, there's that. But then there's also the people who just, I think, give up way too early. But, yeah, it, well, there's a couple things with that. It's, I equate real estate to the crap stable, meaning okay. this, that if you stick around long enough, you will see it swing, right? Meaning you will start to see the dice roll your way. Yep. The problem with it is there's two things you need to stick around, time and resources, right? If you don't have enough chips to be at the table, yeah. you're not gonna be around for when those dice start to turn in your favor. Or if you don't have the time to stick around, right? Cause it might be three, four hours until the dice start to flip your way, yep. you're not going to do that, mm-hmm. right? And so that's where, you know, in our industry, anyone coming up, you know, for us, it was calculated, right? June 1st, 2007, it wasn't the night before we decided, let's do this tomorrow, right? It was a six to eight month process prior too, yeah. where we had to do, right, the nine to five and then the 501, Mm-hmm. and on hustle yeah. right and so that that was us juggling that and part of that is so that we could have one or the other and that was to have resources so we could last it out right? yeah the thing is not everyone's wired for like we just discussed is that you know some people have that and other people don't and it's okay if you don't mm-hmm. right but it's just understanding you need to have enough time and you need to have the mindset knowing that coming into this. And that's why when we meet with new agents, we're always sitting and being very transparent that this could take 12 months. Yeah. This could take 18 months, right? Yeah. But it's knowing that, right, ice melts at 32 degrees, right? At 31 degrees, it's still a frozen piece of water. Sure. And at that point, if you exit the room, man, had you just waited one more second, yeah. then you see the results, right? Right. So it's knowing that you have to stick around for that and being adaptable. Yeah. Right? Because right. the definition of insanity is expecting different results with the same activity. You have to be able to know that if something's not working, you have to look at yourself, reassess it, and, and make adjustments, you know? Right. And there's that concept of the power of broke, too, which I really believe in because when you... When you, it shows how much you actually really want something. You guys had mentioned you know, Uber or, or Starbucks or working a fryer just to make things work. There's a lot of people that are not willing to do that um, because they do see themselves above it. You know? um, I'm driving Uber now, just, yeah. just, just part-time so I can keep, it's basically giving me more time. And what's great is March is gonna be awesome. I have three closings coming up. Like it's starting, like yeah. you said, it's starting to swing and starting to come through. However, I got to the point where I was like down to $25 in my bank account. And it was like, okay, you either got to get in the car and start going, yeah. uh, you know, so you can go and make those calls and have that freedom. And people are so fortunate to be able to have things like that to be able to do, or you're done. And there's a lot of people who just are like, 
Mm. Right. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah. And Um, in 2000, and what year are we in? 2019. Yeah. The resources are out there. You can make money. We are in the greatest country in the world, Mm -hmm. right? The opportunity to reset your shot clock is there. It's just that the only thing that's stopping that person is yourself getting in your own way and saying, like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You know, I left a, a cush corporate job to make in real estate. Why should I work part time at the Barnes and Noble down the street? Right. right. To be clear, like I know we're talking about real estate and that's of course how we're going to relate it because this is what we do and how we think. And, sure. Right? We're like, it's like Peyton Manning. Everything in his head literally is football. No matter what he sees, he's thinking for football. Yeah. That's why he's such a, such a master at his, what he, what he does and did. Right. Here's the thing. This can be applied to anything and everything in both business and life, right? Nothing's easy. If it were easy, everyone would be doing it at the level that everyone here in this room is doing it at, right? Right, right. And so it's like someone who thinks it's easy or looks at it, every business is messy in some way. And it's figuring out, right, like how can we fuel all parts of our world and life that's important, both personal, family, professional, goals, all that. This was a big aha for me when I heard this term and it's really hit home and it's funny how we've related it. We just called it something different. I heard, you know, it's, it's that gradually then suddenly mentality. And what I mean by that is, is right. So we've been in real, we started Weinberg Choi 12 years ago. I've been in real estate for 15 years. Okay, first of all, that's pretty crazy to say. 15, that's, yeah. that's like four colleges, right? <laughs> that's pretty crazy. You know what man. I mean? Where was I 15 years ago? Right. High school, I think. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, I was in real estate, but like, I was in a totally <laughs> different... Wow. I had to. I had, I had to. to go there. All right. But, right, so when you think of it that way, that gradually then suddenly, it's like, that is that whole, like, right, everyone wants that instant gratification. Sure. But it's almost like the way I relate that gradually then suddenly is like, when I look at pictures of our kids, and now they're three and five, right? Yeah. And when you see a picture from when they were one and three, mm-hmm. and then I look at it now, I'm like, whoa, but we see them every day. Yeah. So we don't notice the difference unless you look back at a picture. Yes, sure. you notice they're saying and doing things, but the way they look, and then you look at a picture, you're like, that's nuts, that's Dylan and that's Paige, yeah. right? And it's the same thing looking at each other and our team and what we're doing. Yeah, if you look, if I think about what we're doing five years ago, I don't think about it. But when I look back at what we've actually accomplished in five years, yep. it's that whole gradually then suddenly, which goes back to the compound effect. Yes. One thing we've said and we say, we still ask this question. We've been asking for years. We're like, hey, man, are we doing it? And then the other person always answers, we've been doing it. And we talked about this at our 10-year anniversary and said, like, what it is has and will always continue to evolve. And what I mean by it is like, are we, we're doing it. Yep. And that it for everyone is something different. Sure. And that it for everyone can, will change and evolve. Yeah. So what it is for us is completely different than what it looked like 12 years ago, right. five years ago, and literally even a year ago. Yep. Right? Yeah. And it's that whole gradually then suddenly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of, one of my favorite quotes, one of my favorite books, Remember the uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Narnia series? Yeah, yeah. Prince Caspian as a kid. And one of my favorite memorable quotes I still think about today that hits on that is, it goes, isn't it funny how day by day, nothing changes, but when you look back, everything is different. Yeah. Right? It's so true. And the key in that is that you can't, in our industry especially, you can't measure yourself from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., right? Because those, to Josh's point you're not gonna see that incremental change, mm-hmm. right? 
or, or, or see it on paper at least. It's right. there, right? As long as you're doing that 1% daily. Mm-hmm. But when you look back December 31st, 2019 to January 1st of this year, you're going to be like, holy shit, wow. Okay, I'm starting to feel that wave now. And then you think about that five years from now and you do that, you're going to be like, I'm a different person, right? Right. Think about who you were five years ago, sure. right? Same with Josh and I. The key in that is, and this is something that one of our um, mentors from day one said, is just you. the key in that is not comparing yourself to anyone except yourself. Yeah. That's the key, right? Yep. We're not in a race against each other. We're in a race together, the journey we've started together. Right. And we're a community to help each other out. That being said, when you're not benchmarking yourself against another human being, it allows you to be able to compound that. Mm-hmm. When you start to compare yourself to someone else, and we li- we work in one of the most transparent industries where I can look up how much you sold, how much he sold, and figure out what you made mm-hmm. last year, right? Then in that moment I could say, wow, how is this person better than me? I'm so much sharper and smarter and like cooler and smoother, yeah. right? But there's no forward progress in that, right? You're right. standing still in that moment. And that's when you start to now really measure yourself and you say, Wow, I haven't changed my bank account still the same dollar amount as it was yesterday. I need to leave this industry, mm. right? But those incremental changes you focus on, basing it on your personal growth, that's when you really start to see that suddenly, and you start to see that compound into bigger results. But you gotta give yourself time, yeah. right? And you need to cut yourself slack. Sure. And stay adaptable, though. Right. Like, that's the key piece in all of this, mm. is that a lot of people will continue to do the same thing, have the same habits, right? And not make the adjustments that are needed. Right. They're well, just expecting some breakthrough to happen. Well, because the compound effect can be negative too. Bad habits can do it too. Like looking at, you're talking about looking at your kids, right? And you don't, you don't notice how much they're growing in front of you because you see them every day. It could be the same if you're putting on weight, if you're going out boozing every night, if you're yeah. eating shitty food. Yeah. It's the same thing. If you're not making the calls you're supposed to make day in and day out. You know, it might not feel like, okay, I don't make these calls for a week. I don't make these calls for two weeks. No big deal. I've got the whole year. But then all of a sudden, two weeks becomes a month. Right. And then you're like, where's, where's my business? Because you can't – people say that it's a 90-day process, and it's, it's true. I mean, it, it's like clockwork, the way that that works. You know, the calls that you make 90 days before, it just magically seems to, to produce business 90 days. It's, not, it's nutty about that. Um, you know, and you guys were talking about the big picture. Like, when you started, you had to keep – and people who do something like this have to think about the big picture. Otherwise, they are more prone to quit. Right. But then also, um, in order to stay focused, you also have to keep focused just on the deal at hand, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's got to be, you can't, you can't stress too much about the fact that you, I mean, you have to think about if you don't have anything else coming up, because then you have to prospect. But you'll stress yourself out, too, if you freak yourself out about that. So there's a like a hand in hand in the big picture, but also like you were saying, measuring yourself. Yeah. I'd say the two biggest things that support that is yeah. time blocking and goal setting. Okay. Right. Before we jump into that though, think about it this way. You were talking about like, okay, weight, like putting on or taking off weight. Yeah. Right. I think that goes with everything else. It's about the environment you're in. Right. And if you have people either holding you accountable or supporting you and having your back and they know that whatever your goal is, they can help you get there. Yeah. Okay. And negativity breeds negativity and positivity attracts positivity. Right. Yeah. So when you're surrounded around people who love you 
and that you want to be around and that are positive and that have your back and have that mindset abundance that we talk about quite a bit, mm-hmm. right? When you have that mindset abundance where other people know that it's okay to spend that time supporting you and maybe it's taking away from what they're doing that day and they're doing it because they want to help you, not because they want anything in return. That's where the magic happens, right? Right. So for people in any industry and especially real estate, whether you're part of a team or not, if you're not part of a team, as long as you're in an environment where someone has your back and it's going to hold you accountable and you can go to, right? Yep. That's where you get to a level that would have either taken you longer or is unachievable when you get to a negative headspace and don't have someone having your back, right? Right, right. What was your question again? What well, no, so I mean, I just made a statement, but that's a great segue, Josh, because we had talked actually offline through text about the team thing. Because I was curious, just because I'm an independent agent, yep. and I'm going to be an independent agent just because, and I, I don't mean to keep bringing myself up in, in this interview, but, um, but just to be relatable. Because honestly, this is more of almost a brainstorming session for me, really. And I, I knew that the listeners were going to get something out of this. Yeah. Um, I joined this business because I don't like listening to people. I don't like being told what to do. I like freedom. Mm-hmm. I want to run my own shop. And so for me, um, I mean, I've gotten in my own way dozens of times. I probably could be much farther along uh, than I am right now if I had stayed more consistent the first year or so. Um, but at the same time... I know some people join teams because of the fact that they get a lot more leads that way right off the bat. Um, they don't necessarily want to run their own shop. They are fine, you know, working for someone else and learning that way. Um, and they see it as a as a way to gain, excuse me, more success faster. Um, I personally would rather take this lower road. So big picture, I run my own shop. What do you guys? I mean. Do you feel like I'm, I'm on with the, the thought mentality that people have when they join teams versus not? Like what? Yeah, a couple of things. First of all, you mentioned working for someone. Yeah. Okay? There's no right or wrong with any of it, whether it's joining a team versus being, you know, building your own team. Yeah. Right? There's also not a right or wrong for a team that someone says, you work for me. However, I'd say it's a completely different mindset and environment when you're part of a team where you guys work with each other. Yeah. And it's collaborative. So I guess what I'm saying is right there just sparks it right there, right? Sure. Anytime, and I guess I can speak from our experience, anytime someone's like, oh, I work for, we're like, you don't work for us. We work with each other. Yeah. And it's very clear and they never feel like, they, it may, one, it makes them feel and understand how much we appreciate each other. Mm-hmm. And two, think of the greater good and what can be created when everyone feels like they're working with each other instead of for someone. Yeah. That's such a great take on it because I'm thinking like, obviously I'm trying to build my own shop here and I have the opinion of, man, I love being an independent. How am I going to convince someone to work for me when I'm, you know, pitching the whole idea of being on your own, you know, but that the whole working together thing is, that's an angle for it. I mean, that's, I, I, I've never thought of it yeah. that way Yeah. because I've always had a chip on my shoulder when someone tells me what to do. I mean, that's why I bounced around from sales job to sales job until I came here and I'm like, Oh, this is, this is, I'm an agent. Like right. that's what I, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Um, so yeah, so I was, I was just curious on that. What about though when, cause you see people come and go from teams, you know, sometimes yeah. it doesn't work out just because it does, it's not a good fit. Yeah. Um, sometimes they just feel like they want to be an independent. Um, do you feel like people who end up leaving the team, uh, end up being better off from having that experience or, or could it be, is it all over the place? Cause I, mean, I have a coach. I know a lot of other people have coaches and that way I don't have to necessarily be on a team, but I have a mentor and I can learn the business. Right. And I know some people go that route and then other people will join a team to have that atmosphere. I, um, great question. <clears throat> I think it all goes back to, <clears throat> there's no right or wrong. Okay. 
there's no blanket statement saying a team is right or a team is wrong. Because one, there's different teams with different styles and there's different individuals who are looking for something different. Mm-hmm. So I think it ultimately comes down to understanding what each person's perfect career looks like yeah. and figuring out what is the right path for them. And I think it's really important to help people understand that rather than just saying, come work with us. Mm-hmm. Because if there's someone that meets with us, because people reach out to us all the time that want to collaborate with us, right? If we can't support them in all of their dreams, then I don't want to set any expectations that we ever could. So when you ask the question like individual versus team, I think it's really, and this might not be giving you a definitive enough answer, but it's really situation specific. Because mm-hmm. right, you're saying you don't want to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the mindset and that's not a right or wrong, then it probably is the right thing for you to be running or, or either on your own or with a team. Sure. And building a team. Yeah, yeah. When I say with a team, meaning you building your own team. Yeah. It, there's and that's not right. It's also exciting, right. you know, when you when you start to see your right. own like it's your like you know it, it, it's. I see my name on a logo, and it's not. I mean, it's a logo that I had created. It's right. not like it's. I don't. I'm not incorporated. Which but I it's love a, your logo, by the way. Thank it's you. I, I appreciate that. It's awesome. Uh, the Raider Designs did it for me, um, but they. Uh, but the 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 logo itself. Like I'm not incorporated yet or anything. It's really just a team name that I right. built. It's a brand that I'm pushing out there, but it's something that drives me. Just seeing that every day, on my it's on my phone, it's on my background, and that is like a thing. It's like this is something I'm I'm proud of right. it. You know. Well, that's it. So here's the thing: what it comes down to is under, and that's why, you know, we are a, in a business of people. It's understanding people, yeah, and, and their visions and their goals. Meaning this, you and Josh and I. We're very similar in the sense that that kind of stuff really excites us. Yeah. And it's not from an ego standpoint. It's because we are wired differently, right? There's always going to be Michael Jordans, right? And then there's always going to be role players like Dennis Rodman's, right? Mm -hmm. That focus on defense and rebounds, right? And that's okay. And that's where I think it's understanding those personalities and understanding what people's goals and what their vision is and what they want to accomplish and how that fits in to per se a Weinberg Choi and our culture and our vision, right? And you can have a great successful career with that, right? Look at Krista on our team. She's killing, killing it, it. Yeah. And doing great at it. And she doesn't necessarily care so much about, you know, name being on the marquee, right? She knows that at the end of the day, specializing in what she does gives her balance in her life. And at the end of the day, what her 1099 says at the end of the year can support a big life and what her and her family and her extended family want to do, that's win-win, right? Right. And then you find yourself at the end of your career like Dennis Rahman with five championships and, and now in the Hall of Fame right. based on getting rebounds, right. right? Then there's other role players that are going to be like Steve Kerr's who start off specializing in one thing, but then because they're so learning-based and they're on a special team with a Michael Jordan and a Scottie Pippen and a Phil Jackson, they think bigger and say, hey, you know what? One day I want to do this on my own, Right. And I'm going to put together a team and lead people like the Golden State Warriors and yeah. start to win championships on that. And that's great too. But as a leader, you have the opportunity and the responsibility to set those people up for success by understanding what they want to do. 
and how you can carve out a path to get them to there, right? And so if someone on our squad identifies themselves as that Steve Kerr, mm-hmm. right? It's not, Josh and I are not like, well, there's a door, leave. It's cool. Let's figure out how we can get you there, set you up for success. Yeah. And make sure that this is win-win. Right. And then, great. If we see other people do that and create their own team and see success in that, then that's awesome. Right. We're going to celebrate that growth, right? Yeah. And, and, and so it's understanding those people <clears throat> and what their vision is. That's, that's how, day one, you need to know if you're going to be setting, setting them up for success and yourself up. See, here's the thing, too. <clears throat> you build a, such a big world that their world fits into it where now they can run, the, run it all. So think about it this way, right? Maybe I used to be the Pippin or Jordan, okay? But now there's other Pippin and Jordans on our team. Now we can be the Phil Jackson, right? Right. Who was the GM of the, Bear, the Bulls? Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause, yeah. okay? But now that Michael Jordan, Pippin, Rodman, Kerr, you know, Horace Grant, they then later could become the Phil Jackson of Weinberg Choi. Yeah. Okay, so when you create, there's people who are leaders on our team right now mm-hmm. who the opportunity is big enough for them to check out every box and more in their world, and they will likely be running Weinberg Choi. And I, I can say that very confidently. Mm-hmm. So I don't, it's not only, it doesn't matter what the name is. Right. They might be, start off as a role player and turn into that all-star, right? Who's the, operating at the highest level in their position and then we'll be running our organization one day. Yeah. So when the opportunity is that big, doesn't matter what name it is, it's what does the opportunity look like? Yeah. And understanding that vision of what, so for us, when someone reaches out to us, it's one, are they in culture with us? Two, do they understand the vision of what we are creating and building together? Right. Right? Three, are they talent? And by talent, I mean, are they the right fit for that role? Not just are they talented, because like, okay, we talked about Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is incredibly talented at quarterback. I could argue, no matter how many Super Bowls Brady's won, I could argue they're, very, they're both the two best. Yeah. Doesn't mean if you put Peyton Manning on the Indiana Pacers or the Bulls that he's talent. Yeah. He's talent on the football field. Okay? Yeah, right, right. So that's what I mean by talent. And the fourth box that has to check is not only are they talent in that role, they have to want to be in that role. It has to fuel their fire. Yeah. Okay? Right? You put Peyton Manning at the tight end coach. Doesn't matter if he knows where every route the tight end's running. If that's not what fuels his fire and being the head coach is, he's got to be in the role that fuels his fire. Yeah. So talent means in the right role and then putting them in the role that they actually want to be in. Because there's people talented in roles that they don't want to be in and it leads to burnout. And they right. are not, they're not focused on their 20%. And they're not, they can't reach their potential because it's not what they want to be doing, right? Yeah. So that's where when you think big on that kind of level, that like, and you can share that vision and know that you're creating this together, that's where it's way bigger. Tommy and I have always thought really, really big. And what I will say very confidently in the last two years, two and a half years since we've come over to Keller Williams, we are thinking on a level like we've never thought before, both personally, professionally, and how we can create opportunities to help our team, our clients, our family and friends build legacies. Yeah, and I mean, you had mentioned before, you know, we talk, we're talking about real estate because that's what we do, so that's how we relate to it. But um, to the listeners, I mean, we live in a world 
uh, to where anybody can live the life that they want. Right. You know, you see these things from like Gary Vaynerchuk or, or different, you know, gurus who say, stop bitching about what your life is like now because it's all, it's all up to you. Yeah. You run your life. You might not feel like it, but you do. And that's when it goes back to the very beginning of this conversation when we're talking about the night sweats, when we're talking about the fact that we didn't do this for the money. We all made about $25,000 in our first year. The power of broke. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have families now. And you both look like uh, tremendous fathers. You both look like great family men. I mean, I see Dylan's your son's name? Yeah. Dylan and Daddy Days. You know, yeah. you make time for that. Um, you know, you're always posting about your daughters. You're always yeah. hanging out. So you guys have this, this family that you've built. You look back on the, you know, 15 years and now you have, you were engaged. Now you have a family, you have kids. Your why has probably changed mm-hmm. since you started now because you look your why in the face probably every morning. Um, I know you guys have to go pretty soon, but I just, I'm curious, uh, you know, when you're at a point, because we also talked about focusing on deal to deal, because you're always as good as the next deal ahead of you. How do you guys go into each year? I mean, you've been doing it for 15 years, um, you know, talking to someone who is really focused on deal to deal, because that's the way it is right now. How do you know that you, you have the, the business? I mean, you just know the right. business is going to be coming in to sustain your family every year for someone that wants to become an entrepreneur. That's a great question. And that's one that, you know, I wish everyone entering this industry would start to think about. First and foremost, I hope your listeners are Chicago Bulls fans because they're not going to understand anything. <laughs> See, I was going to throw Conor McGregor in <laughs> because everybody knows him. You know, Between just... him, Peyton Manning, like, yeah, people that don't watch sports will be Googling Yeah, a we lot. probably should have prefaced this yeah. with, like, we relate everything to sports. Those are athletes, guys. Just yeah. think Michael Jordan's the most successful one. The other guys are successful, yes. too, but they're also a, you know, a support foundation. You know, they've got their own talents. But, but so here, here's sort what of. it is. At the end of the day, the key in figuring out where your business has come from is understanding and tracking where your business came from. Okay. Right? Meaning you have to count your calories if you want to lose your weight because then you know what to eliminate. Right. right? Or what to double down on. Same thing in, in business. And that's something that Josh and I, we didn't do for the first five years, right? Because we were just going on raw talent, right? Seat of our pants. Leads were coming in. We were making, you know, calls. We were establishing relationships, and it was just happening. And we we're going from deal to deal to deal to deal, right? To where you can eliminate the whole, I call that first of the month syndrome, where mm-hmm. it's just like, wow, we just finished a good month. Now we gotta do it again, right? Is tracking and understanding where your business come from, because then you have to figure out going back to eighty twenty rule. What was eighty percent of that? Results, focus on that. That's your twenty percent for your focus. And for us, we run the last twelve years roughly ninety percent referral based business year over year. And so our sphere, our data bank, is where our opportunity comes from. So we know that we had to pour all of our attention and resources into that, and also business development wise, learn how we can fill that and continue to grow that databank meeting more people right right? so then for us when we uh goal set and we do our business advance in september we know it's not about how many units quote-unquote units or transactions or we got to find another hundred houses to sell this year it's how many people do we need to meet and establish relationships yeah put in and feed our machine Mm -hmm. i know that that's going to equate to 90% 90% of referral base. And the math right? always works when you keep track of it. Totally. And yeah. that's the thing. It's it's knowing where your business is coming from. And that's such 
an easy thing to say, but it's a hard thing to implement and do because our industry, we're very deal to deal, transaction to transaction. So you have to take that, that time to do that. To be, and to be clear, right? Our tracking has evolved and is still evolved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meaning we're now tracking exactly like numbers and metrics for what everyone's doing on a weekly, daily, monthly basis. Because mm-hmm. then it's easy to say, okay, you set this amount of open houses and how many clients do you get from open houses and what is your goal for next year for open houses? Yeah. Okay, cool. Then you set that many open houses. And I know it's not exactly the exact multiplier. Yeah. But it is if you say, okay, I called this amount of people and had this amount of events and met this many people, right? Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Like we started with very entrepreneurial, meaning very running on talent for about nine years. And we've gotten a lot better at systems. And the biggest advice I could say to most people that get into real estate, because most people that get into real estate are doing because I want to run my own business and have my own schedule and all that. Yeah. With that said, that's all great. And you need to set and create systems. And as Dave Nassau says, anything you do more than once should be a system. Yeah. And the more systematic you can be, the less yeah. you have to reinvent the wheel and the less you have to like figure out like, okay, wait, what did I do last week that worked? Yeah. Right. So it makes it more scalable, right? Yeah. And what I would say is this, yes, when it is deal to deal, and don't, don't think that like people at every other level aren't thinking about deal to deal, but two things. I think one, it comes from an abundance mindset, of knowing, right? Here's the thing. The whole hate. Do you hate losing or more win or winning more? Right? What do you What do you hate or love more? I really like to win. It's fun. Mm-hmm. When I lose, I hate it. It eats away at me. When I win, I'm on to how can I win at the higher level? And the reason I say that is this: when you're working the deal to deal mentality, which is normal and pretty much almost everyone does it. When something doesn't work out or a client decides to go in another direction or the deal just doesn't work out, it's like you can really sit there and let it eat away at you and you can spend that energy saying, what just happened? How did I lose it? But that same energy you could just apply to being positive and moving on to the next one. And I have that mentality of on to the next one. Not like I don't care because that's probably one of my biggest opportunities and strengths is how much we truly, truly care about people, right? Yeah. What I'm saying is though is it's that abundance mindset of on to the next one when one Thing happens to not go your way there's gonna be five others that do there's all the opportunity in the world one we're an amazing industry yep. two we're in an amazing city for real estate yeah with all the opportunity in the world literally yeah all the opportunity it's an amazing in the world. city to be doing this right so yeah. it's like yes it can eat away at you and every client that you didn't get to support that you wish you did is important with that said there's a million other clients out there who need you and want you and we just need to understand We bring massive, massive value to our clients. We do. And we need to go in with that mindset and understand there's a reason why they need us and why they want to work with us. And there's a reason why people are going to refer you to them because you are going to bring massive value to them. Yeah. Right. And if someone truly doesn't see it or understand it, there's probably a thousand other people out there that do. Yeah. And so rather than focusing your energy on chasing someone who's not going to see the value, and I'm not saying every client or every person or every deal isn't important. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is there's a million other people out there that you can go help who truly need you, want you, and see the value, and you are going to impact their life in a very positive way. Yeah. It's amazing that you say that, and it's a good note to, to really end on because it seems like to me um, the deals tend to come in when you really need them to. Like, it's like you're freaking out. You'll lose something, like you said. You might be focused on it, but then all of a sudden, 
like two people walk into an open house that you never even thought would walk in and you don't even think about that one that you lost anymore. You know, it's crazy. Right. Um, and the whole systems thing, I mean, we can go, we can go on for, for hours talking about this and I'd love to have you guys back on, um, at some point. Um, you know, the guys, this is, uh, you know, the systems that I, that we're talking about here, uh, you can actually utilize in other industries. Like the systems that we have at Keller Williams that have been put into place. Yes, there are some that are real estate oriented, but a lot of them like the 33 touch, um, it's, it transcends industry, totally. completely transcends industry. Um, well, I appreciate you guys really uh, for doing this, taking the time to do it. I know you're really busy. So Great. thanks for sitting with me for about an hour. Uh, One more thing. Yes. When's Conor McGregor coming on my show? Because I know you said that make was a goal happen. of yours. We're going to make that happen. Yeah, we got to make that happen somehow. i got to figure out how to do it on Skype. We'll but... get you some proper 12. Yeah, yeah. The sign final of that would be awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Dude, grateful for you for, for what you're doing for the industry, for the city, and grateful for you having us on here. We're, we're appreciative for you. We're proud awesome, of you. Man. Very Thanks. proud of you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right, guys. That's uh, I think this is episode thirty-five, maybe thirty-four. I'll have to check. Season um, two, episode one. Season two. That's wow. true. Season two, episode one. Maybe I'll change that. Uh, and then we were talking about a few books. Uh, one book that I want to highlight is *The Compound Effect* uh, by Darren Hardy. Yep. Um, and you can check that out on Audible. And if you go to my website, you can click on the link. Audible is a sponsor of the show. I can get you two free audiobooks and a free month of Audible if you listen to this show. There's no code. There's no anything. The link will be on the actual episode itself. I think I actually have to refresh it. This isn't live. I don't know why I'm saying that that way. Um, but anyway, so when you're listening to this. Yeah. What's that? Same for guests. Everybody. Yeah, everybody. So if you go uh, to the link, um, then you can get two free audiobooks and you get a free month. Okay? Let me give you... The trilogy. Yeah. Follow that. Okay. Compound Effect, Darren Hardy, Volume 1. Yeah. Right? That'll get baby steps into that mindset. Then, The One Thing by Gary Keller and awesome Dave Hoppinson. Okay? That takes it to another level. Then, to get your PhD, you have to read, James just came out last year, James Clear, Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. I haven't, I haven't read that one. In that order... You'll be able to conquer them. And I have two credits right now available, so I'm going to do that. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.